Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Again, this is where perception and facts are going to meet in the middle here. You're going to be perception. I'm going to be facts. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan is here with three questions. Judd is out. John Krasinski from The Athletic hanging out here. A lot of good wolf stuff. If you missed any of this, if you want some good wolf speculation and insider stuff, uh, go back and listen to the first three hours of the show. Highly recommended. I'm sitting here. I just love asking questions to Johnny, <laughs> having him take us behind the curtain. Always good times. Yep. All right, Dave, fire away. Let's do this. Let's start with, you know, let's start with the Wolves question. Right. Why not? Because I had this one on deck, considering we have Johnny K in. Since the beginning of the Tom Thibodeau reign here, we'll call it, in mm-hmm. Minnesota, Johnny, what has been the most fun thing to cover as a guy covering the Wolves? And, Phil, the most fun thing to discuss. And I'm going to take the Jimmy Butler actual press conference off the table because, I mean, come on. When he gave the his, guy phone, gave his number phone number, for God's sake, of course <laughs> that was the most fun. So aside from that, what's been the most fun to cover? What's you know, Get as specific as you can. And what's been the least fun thing you've had to write about or discuss, Phil? Let's start with Johnny on this. Uh, okay, one. most fun to cover for me is was the probably I, I would say Denver the the, the season finale, the yeah. game against Denver. I mean, yeah. you had a packed house, you had an unbelievable game going down to the overtime for both teams fighting for their lives, and the Wolves actually finding a way to come out on top for once in the first time since I'd started covering them in 2005. To so to just get to that playoff. And and to see all the emotion and all the effort that they put into it, and then to see how much the fans embraced that moment, and and kind of really woke up to basketball again in this town. I mean that 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 was uh, that was about as good as it gets right there. All the emotion. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much emotion. We're looking to add wings. <laughs> Um, and then, and then you're the oh, thing that the, the least favorite thing, least so. favorite thing. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, let's, I mean, I, I get, I do get, I get worn out by, uh, trying to navigate the waters of, you know, who really likes who and, and kind of the, the sort of angst that that surrounds the this this organization and that kind of has enveloped it um despite all of the success and you know you, i mean yeah I, I know that i think media and reporters have 
a reputation for muckraking and looking for, you know, kind of the scandal and the controversy. But, um, you know, in this case, yeah, it's 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 not it's not fun to do that. It's not it's it, it, it takes a lot out of you trying to, you know, navigate the different agendas and okay who's being truthful and who isn't and and you know you know why is this why is this so hard why is it so hard for the organization and the leadership to kind of embrace you know the being a public public figures why is it so hard for the egos on the team to to coexist that's you know that's that part of it is it it does you know it's like you know, even if when you finally get through the four, thirteen year morass and then still have to deal with yeah. with this drama, that's yeah, that's 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 not not fun to do. So my answers from from my perspective are pretty similar. Uh, the Denver game, the Denver game felt like whatever whatever your viewpoint was about the Wolves, if you were still Pollyanna at that point, and this is the best thing that's happened in fourteen years, or if you were on the Man, maybe it would be better if they missed the playoffs because then, like, you could shake things up again, blah, blah, blah. If you were, I think everyone put that aside for that one game and said, mm-hmm. you know what? This is pretty cool. And these guys are playing their asses off right now. And this is one of the best games that they played all year. And Denver's throwing haymakers. I mean, everyone put that aside and was just fixated on that game and, and the potential of going to the playoffs for the first time in a decade and a half. Uh, the inevitable dysfunction is the thing that wears me down. It's mm-hmm. just, it can't just be they went to the playoffs and Tom Thibodeau is this great leader that everyone follows and he learned all of his lessons from the fallout in Chicago and and Butler and Towns are a great complement to each other and they're, they're arm in arm linked for the next, there's no doubt that they're both going to sign extensions. Like it can't just be that. It's got to be drama and turmoil and come to Jesus conversations mm-hmm. and strife like it's which is par for the course for this franchise. Yep. So that whether you're a reporter like Johnny or you're watching from the first or fifth row like myself, it gets old. Mm-hmm. It definitely gets old. All right, question 2. You guys are talking about Kawhi earlier in the trade and Johnny, I believe you said you don't know for sure mm-hmm. if Andrew Wiggins a Patrick a package Andrew Wiggins centric was offered to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi, but you would be shocked or surprised if it wasn't. That correct? Correct. All right. So let's just say that phone call did take place. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you got Pop. (laughs) Hey, Pop, this is Tom. Uh, What do you think about a deal uh, for Kawhi? Uh, We send you uh, Andrew uh, Wiggs, uh, maybe another another piece or two, uh, Wiggs-centric deal. What do you think? What is Pop's reaction when that phone call, let's just say, was made, I, you know, I, I think it, there would be some. I don't think it's an immediate hang up. I don't think it's, uh, no. hey, you know, hey, thanks guys, but uh, we're looking for a lot more because um, you, for, there, there's always going to be uh, another organization, another coach, another executive that is tantalized by Andrew Wiggins' talent and says, you know what, if we just get him into our system. If we if we can reach him and, and connect with him on a way that Tibbs and Glenn Taylor and 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 Sam Mitchell and 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 those others haven't been able to, this guy has otherworldly talent and and so um, so yeah, I I think they would consider it, but I do think that because he has not shown yet that he's a surefire future All Star type of a player, and he's starting a contract that demands that kind of performance from him, 
uh, there, there, there'd be some concerns about that and say, you know what, we're going to look at more proven commodities. And I think that's what, how they ended up on DeMar DeRozan is yeah. Pop doesn't want the last couple of years of his tenure to be total rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I think DeRozan offers them more of a chance to keep going and stay competitive and relevant. And Wiggins, they may have had to take a step back. And maybe long-term, they're better. Maybe Wiggins turns into a better player than DeRozan, but we don't know. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I just think that he's, uh, he, he probably would look at that and say, I could probably do a little bit better. I think he would. So the conversation is Tom Thibodeau offers up Andrew Wiggins and says, what do you think? I think, I think Popovich goes, and what else? Mm-hmm. I think it would be... And Tyus Jones, and I think you, I think he would be smart enough to try and capitalize on Wiggins' contract going up, his value going down, and and just try to it's Wiggins something and something, all while thinking to himself, man, I could get twice as much out of Wiggins efficiency wise as the Wolves are getting out of him. We know that he shouldn't be taking eight shots from beyond, you know, mid range every game. We know we know what his strengths are, and we know how to get him to be a better free throw shooter. So I I think they would have had some interest. If the conversation took place, obviously the Spurs decided on a different package. I'd like to know how much of it was Pop just wanting to ship Kawhi to the Eastern Conference for a minute. I mean, he could come back next year and play for the Lakers, and now you're dealing with it again. But I don't think it would have been an immediate hang-up either. So I'm, I'm with John. Rob Manfred a couple days ago talked about baseball expanding from 30 to 32 teams and threw out six cities as possible landing spots for expansion. So I'm going to give you the six, and you guys are going to have to rank them. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. From worst to best, where you feel a new Major League Baseball franchise should land, boys. Wow. You've got Vegas, Portland, Hmm. Portland, Oregon, I should say, Charlotte, (laughs) Love Maine, Nashville, Hey, they've got a lovely uh, minor league ballpark in Portland, Maine. Vancouver and Montreal, two of them north of the border. So Vegas, Portland, wow. Charlotte, Nashville, hmm. Vancouver, Montreal. Well, I, I will say that my answer would probably, it would honestly, it would probably just align with how big the TV markets are because that's what it takes to survive in baseball right now. TV money drives revenue. TV money drives payroll. It's not like the NFL where you can split this huge chunk of media pie and Green Bay can compete with New York or um, Jacksonville can compete with the Bay Area or Los Angeles. That's not the case in baseball. So of the markets you just mentioned, Portland is the largest. I don't know how I don't know if that would overlap with some of Seattle's TV market if they would if they would cannibalize each other, but Portland is actually right between St. Louis and Pittsburgh. And a little bit ahead of Charlotte and Baltimore and San Diego. And then there's Nashville down there. So I would say Portland number one, just based on how many people are able to watch the product on TV. Um, And then beyond that, Montreal was always a decent baseball market when their team was good. And maybe taking another run at a place that already had a major league team would be number two on my list. And, you know, Vegas sounds kind of fun, but I don't know about playing. They'd have to have an indoor stadium because it's 115 degrees there in the summer. Even at night, it get, it maybe gets down to like 95 at night. So I'll say number one, Portland, and then number two, Montreal, and then some combination of like Vegas if it's an indoor stadium and maybe uh, Charlotte, Nashville. Vancouver, I don't know. If I'm putting Portland and Seattle already has a team, I don't know if we need 
Vancouver, Portland, and Seattle all rocking baseball teams. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I, I uh, just making a few adjustments here, but yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm going number one. I'm going to say, well, are we going worst to first or first to worst? Dave? Oh, you call it dealer's okay. choice. I will go it's a blank canvas for you right now. <laughs> I'm going to go worst to first. So I'm going to go six. I'm going to go Vancouver because baseball is an American sport, and I just you know even though Vancouver's <laughs> a wonderful you, Canadians, yeah, even though no, Vancouver's an awesome city, it is. It's just tremendous. Um, I, I can't see, like I, I see Vancouver as a Tampa Bay type where like the fans aren't just going they're just not going to games and I in as much as you want the the TV market yeah I think you want a vibrant field and a you know arena and you know, that would probably have to be a covered field as well because of how cold it is up there so um, I just think that one probably wasn't won't work Charlotte small smaller town or smaller market. And the twins almost moved, didn't the they, twins almost moved to Charlotte? Yeah, they looked years at ago? it. Yeah, they did. And I just, you know, I there there's nothing about Charlotte really that all you know that gets me all that excited. Um, you know, then I would go except for Ric Flair, maybe. <laughs> if Ric Flair showed if Ric Flair could do the, the in stadium PA announcing, I would I would be there in on go. Charlotte. Yes. For Vegas, I'm always very um skeptical of going to cities where the bulk of the people are not do, who live there are not from there. Um, you know, I just think that you know, you can, I think the the NFL can do okay there and the NHL did well because they went to yeah. the Stanley Cup finals, but That's a great point. you want like people who feel like I'm from Vegas, but and so ma- I'm going to root for Vegas cuz I'm invested in them. And that matters more when eyeballs on the so for for a for the Raiders to be in Vegas, there's it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter they're going to split this huge revenue right, pie right. and they'll put enough butts in the seats. Yeah. Um, it's but, the NFL and, but yeah. major league baseball, you need locals to be attached to that team right. on TV to fill the stadium, just to get to certain revenue points to have a payroll that can be competitive. Exactly. So, interesting. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I would say that. Um, and so if you're just advertising, Hey, come see the Cubs. Hey, come see the, whoever team is coming into town. That's, that's not a, a sustainable model. Um, Portland then at three, I, it's a great, uh, area of the country. I think it's passionate sports fans. Um, so I would say um, absolutely, you know, I would be intrigued by that. Uh, Pacific Northwest, they have tried to get into the game, into the MLB game before. So there's an interest there. Um, two is Nashville because I like that's a city that has supported its teams that it's a great sports town mm-hmm. uh you can get a lot of enthusiasm there if you put a winning product out there with the titans and and the predators are are just an enormously popular team in nashville it's a great town too that people like to go and visit so um i i would put them there and i put montreal number 1 just yeah. because i think that's even though it's canada but i think kind of capitalizing on the nostalgia of the expos would be enough for like an initial bump that that expansion teams always need just to get off the ground yeah. and like, Hey, let's, let's put them back in the red, white, and blues. Let's, um, let's bring back old expos and celebrate what it was. And I think that there was kind of this perception when they did leave Montreal that, you know, they were just kind of reaching a really competitive standpoint as well. So it's like, gosh, they kind of got hosed a little bit in that regard. And so I think there'd be a chance for, Sort of uh, a kind of a reawakening there and and a reconnection with, 
you know, a, a, a team and a franchise that a lot of people look back fondly on uh, all these years later. Yeah. By the way, there's like uh, Milwaukee is is 35th TV market size. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's 34th. There are cities like like Nashville's ahead of that. Uh, there's a uh, Durham, Raleigh, Durham is ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Charlotte. Sacramento is actually 20th, way ahead of a lot of Major League Baseball cities. So there are some cities that you could you could get away with it. Johnny K in for Judd. Every Friday around this time, we sit down, my friend Dale Tondrick and I, it's the Friday Financial Playbook. We talk investing, we talk retirement, planning for life, planning for the future. Uh, these are the Friday Financial Playbook discussions. Me and Dale Tondrick. 850. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. If anyone wants to clap, now is the time to do it. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd today with Mackie and John Krasinski is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Proud sponsor of The Beer Show. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Get our friends, the Crafty Rogues, in here before the hour is over. Johnny K from The Athletic. We've been... Talking a lot of wolves. We've been fixing baseball. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Randy in Cottage Grove. Oh, hi. What's going on, Randy? Yeah, well, you know, you guys have been uh, you know, talking about uh, what can be done to, you know, to fix baseball. And, um, you know, it's not quite apples to apples because the ball's a little bit bigger. Uh, we play a little bit slower. It's what they call slow pitch. But uh, a couple of years ago, our softball league was getting uh, a little stale, and we we mixed it up, made a few changes, and uh, hmm. we're having a lot more fun now. If, you, if you're curious about the what we did, I could you know might be able to be something that could be applied to uh, MLB. Well, I mean, Rob Manfred is open to ideas. So I'm intrigued. I mean, well, if you sure. know him, you know, feel free to to tell him. But uh, no, him they're not top secret. I mean, a lot of these things are. Some other leagues have implemented this, and. You know, we we did it in our, our in our league. So uh, first off, uh, most of them uh, involve uh, revolve around booze. By the way, oh, uh, first off, uh, if huh. you strike if you strike out uh, looking, um, you take a shot. Okay, <laughs> if okay. You, and then if you strike out um, if you strike out swinging, <laughs> you got to take two, just because. Eddie, there's a little bit of shame in, 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 in striking out looking. You know, we all come to kind of get some good cuts in and, and get some wax. If you're swinging and missing at a at a slow pitch, at a meatball, as they say, and you're missing, no, that's, that's two shots. Yeah, okay? for sure. So that's that's the that's the uh, at the plate. Um, we also have a home run limit, you know, in our league. So if you hit more than two, uh, it counts as an out, and also it's another shot. Okay, so we're really by by about the the, the end of the first game of that doubleheader, anyone who's having a tough night offensively is. <laughs> They ain't going to be driving home. Let's just put it that way, okay? So if you could do that in, in major leagues, you know, you say, oh, Byron Buxton, you're not having a, a super good day at the plate. Let's uh, let's have some yag, okay? Or let's uh, let's loosen things up a little bit, and uh, let's let Miguel Senor, instead of going down uh, to the farm club, maybe he needs to go over to, uh, you know, uh, a watering hole and work on his tolerance so he can hit a little better after he's had a couple of shots. And it makes it fun for all the fans, too. People out in the stands, they kind of start to say, well, you know, what do you think, uh, Randy? You think you could hit after that many shots? And I could say, well, I, I know I could because I play. You know, but bottom line is it just takes it to a whole other level. It's kind of a side game, sort of a game within the game. And, um, you know, of course, the players who aren't 21, they got to wait. You know, maybe you can do a new 
new age in the MLB, so they, they can't be called up until they're 21. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's definitely something that uh, might be uh, might be worth a shot. What do you think? Sign well, me up. I mean, I'm in. Yeah, I'm absolutely. in for sure. Randy, what's uh, what's the most success you've ever had at near the end of a game after maybe having a rough beginning to a game and you know maybe being a little tipsy toward the end? Well, we go out after. I mean, that's the other thing. We don't, you know, the, the, the party doesn't stop at the field, okay? It never does. That's the, that's a little dirty little secret. And we're also having beers, by the way, this whole time. The shots are just the penalty. The beers are the reward. And uh, I'll say this. I'll say we play softball uh, every Sunday night, every Monday night, and then every other Thursday night and uh, every other Saturday. And, uh, that's a lot we, of softball. We really, well, it's, it's what I do in the summer, you know, Jeff. Not in the fall, though. Fall is football. But what I will say is we we had a lot of guys last year who, who had to say, I can't play in this league anymore, Randy. I can't keep up with, with you and, and some of these other guys. And what I'll say is you you can get there, okay? It's just like running a marathon. Your liver is just like a pair of legs. And if you work it out and give it a good workout, it'll it'll reward you. It really will. So I anyway, I got to go. Just a thought. You can tell it for, uh, for Manford, and uh, we'll talk to you later. I tell you, I've, I've I've given my liver plenty of workouts back in the day, and it mm. did not reward me. I'll tell you that, boy. But I think he's onto something here. You know I, what? I, I I'd give it a shot. Absolutely, Byron, literally. Good pun, Byron. Put the bat on the ball. Otherwise, you're going to be tipsy. Going to be tougher to catch those fly balls in center field after a zero for three, three strikeout performance. It's real consequences that you have to face. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Could we put that on a T-shirt? Your liver is just like a pair of legs. <laughs> Is it gotta like a pair of out. legs, or is it a, a pair of lungs, or both? Nah, just legs. Just legs. Just legs. Yeah. Gotta work it out. It's yeah, true. and it'll and it'll reward you. And you know, much like marathon training, you never want to actually drink as much. You know, you're supposed to stop at like 16 miles or right. something, or 20 miles in your training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're training for a heavy drinking period, you definitely don't want. If you're gonna have 20 shots, you want to make sure that your training stops at like 12 or 15. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. No you let the adrenaline take over at that point. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Judd would know about that. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Are the crafty rogues in the building yet? Do we know? Speaking of guys who like to put back a drink or two, you know, I've not received notice, but that doesn't mean they're not. They can be awfully crafty, as one might say. Oh wow! See what you okay, did there. Jeff. Yep. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Four hours of trauma. <laughs> Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. And it's time for more Mackey and Judd FC. Here are Philip Mackey and Judson Zalgad. Who is this guy, by the way? This is this guy on the screen. The Crafty Rogues are in studio. Quino and Cosgrove. John Krasinski's hanging out with us. It's like See, Bartolo Colon. It, it's, it is. Is that Pat Perez? <laughs> it is. Okay. See, I like I like this look because everyone's got the svelte, skinny. I work out and lift weights and wear a white belt golf look. You can't relate to that, can you? I can. Can anyone in this room relate? To well, that? I don't know. I'm more impressed that he's wearing that I a, shirt. I have a body for radio. <laughs> you really do. Uh, so tonight, seven o'clock, Brits, the hundredth episode of the Crafty Rogues, 
Adrian Heath, back-to-back wins. He's mm. going to be your guest tonight. What can uh, people expect besides alcohol? We're glad that he had the back-to-back wins so that he's still the coach of Minnesota United. I'm you know, sure, we, I'm sure we you'll bring this, that up right away. We booked this out three months out, so we wanted to make sure that he was still there. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not like the Premier League where you get four matches and if you don't win any of them, like Frank De Boer last year, and then you're fired. It's over. Uh, Thankfully, the Crafty Rogues are still going. Thankfully, Brits are still happy with us uh, taking up residency there on a weekly basis. Um, We're in the clubhouse at Brits. Summit Beer are sponsoring it, which means uh, $4.50 will get you a full 20-ounce pint. Wow, look at that. nice. And and it's not like raspberry ripple, old burnt (laughs) shoe flavor beer. It's real beer. What's wrong with the burnt shoe flavor beer? It's fine, but not for the Crafty Rogues. It's okay. quality beer, quality beer, and there is no cover charge. Wow. There that's, you go. That's everybody weeps. And, the, and the, the entertainment is free, as it probably should be. Oh, and that. following us is the only that I'm aware of, um, Minnesota, even Midwest area, Oasis Tribute Band, and the lead singer... Joe Kell sang the national anthem at the Minnesota United game on Wednesday. That's the quality of guests and the quality of the entertainment are they just, we're having. Are they just going to play Wonderwall on loop for like two hours? No, Let's hope not. I okay. have it on reliable authority. They have a 15-song repertoire. Well, well, for tonight anyway. Just for tonight? Okay. Yeah. And Good. the more summit you drink, the better they're going to sound towards exactly. the end of the yeah. night. It's just like the Crafty like Rogues podcast. Yeah. Really. Well, yes. That's, that's the drinking true. game we should play. It is. Every time Kuna <laughs> says, uh, I reckon, then you take a sip of beer <laughs> and you won't make it to the end of the episode. Trust me, you would be drunk within 15 minutes if it was every time John brings up Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So tonight, Brit, 7 o'clock, and you can uh, download the Crafty Rogues podcast. 1500ESPN.com. You guys have craftyrogues.com too. People can go to or uh, Apple yes, Podcasts. Yes, we do. And you'll be there tonight, Mikey. I'm going to be as, surrounded by celebrities. I, well, I'm I, yeah, D-list celebrities. Yes, exactly. And, and, and athletic boy over here, he's invited <laughs> as well. Johnny K never turns down an invitation to drink. Once the kids go to bed, maybe I'll have to sneak yeah. out. Did you get into the World Cup at all? Or were um, you two uh, looking ahead to um, NBA Summer League? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, no, no. no. I mean, no, you were, I weren't you in Vegas for Summer League while World Cup games were going on? I was. I was there for some of the group play. And I was, was sequestered in the basketball gym, though, where there was not much going on, not much World Cup stuff going on. I did watch... <sighs> The last part of one of the games in the hotel, and I can't even remember which He's one. He's as big a World Cup in. fan as I am of American football. Yeah, well, there you go. Hey, we all have our things. Yes, we do. And, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I was when I when I covered the Olympics in London, I covered the gold medal game between Mexico and Brazil, and I know that's different from World Cup and all that. But when you're in the stadium and you feel like the energy of the crowd and 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 the back and forth it's it's incredible like i really really enjoyed it i'll back that up i was fortunate enough to be at the olympic soccer final in 2000 in sydney between spain and cameroon mm. 110,000 people it was fantastic oh it was tremendous and i mean the the pre party and you got you know the flags and everyone's waving and and everyone it was so festive yeah. and so much fun like i i i really enjoyed it and, I, and it's just not it's, it's a bit like a Crafty Rogues episode. No question. Fast of fun and 110,000 <laughs> really people. There it is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I have a dumb question. Not that this wouldn't be the first dumb soccer question on uh, I just love segment. the fact that you looked straight at John <laughs> when you said, I have a dumb question. <laughs> I, I, have, I didn't say I have a question for a dumb... No. <laughs> um, so... Somebody was asking me during uh, extra time, Croatia played 19 extra time games during the World Cup. Like every game they played was extra time. Are there, which tournaments do we have the golden goal in? Do we have the golden goal? No more. 
So that doesn't exist anymore. It was an experiment in the mid-90s, a bit like uh, some of the political uh, developments at that time, which I won't mention names, (laughs) that just didn't pan out the way they wanted. The golden goal, you score a goal, the game's over. It's a very very very, American thing. We like our walk-offs here. Like trying to bring American concepts into a world game can sometimes be tricky. Uh, We don't like meddling in our game. Uh, from any source, whether it's American or any other nation that wants to meddle in in the matches. So it didn't work out, and we're back to teams like Croatia playing for three days before they can finally decide who's won. Now, there were no shootouts in the group stages. A draw was a draw in the group stage. Yep. The, the shootouts only came in after extra time in the knockout phase. But before they eventually went back and settled on penalties the sport went through a phase of like a hockey shootout where you got the ball, I think it was 35 yards out, and you had like 10 seconds to score. Mm. So it wasn't a spot kick. Oh, so you could, you could kick. You, you, could, you ran up with the ball from a certain spot. As far had, as you want. So you could go right up to the goal line if you wanted to? If you wanted to. You just had a finite amount of time to score from a certain distance, not they, just one kick. And they lit one of your feet on fire too, right? <laughs> it was <laughs> it was horrible. I hated it. <laughs> I never don't, I don't remember that. It was way before my time. But well, quite I'm older than you. <laughs> It was in Quite black and white. Young. Let's put it, it that way. <laughs> was the world in black and white or just TV? I don't know. Until about 40 years ago. What were your uh, World Cup final? Where, where did you guys watch the World Cup final? Uh, Croatia falling to France. Well, given What's the, your summation of the World we Cup? We wanted too? to be at Brit's Pub because that was the place. It is the one of the best venues, not even in Minnesota, but in the country, if not the world, where you can sit on a green with a huge screen cool. and the atmosphere, like carnival, color, drink, Crack, magic, crack is a good word for fun, asterisk okay. there. Easy, easy. I was going to say, and I'll see you there tonight. We got a text, <laughs> we got a text from Shane at Brits Pub two hours before the game, 2200 capacity full. So, to answer your question, we both watched the game at the home of a French friend of ours, oh, no. Vinnie Baguette, the short order cook, uh, and it was just Epic. There was champagne, champagne croissant. Of course, mm. it was so precious, very, very good, so precious. What's next? So if you're if you're if you're like a novice casual, I've never watched more of the World Cup than this year. I watched. Why as, do you think that is, Phil? I I feel like even though some of the top stars were eliminated fairly early, like Messi didn't go very far, and for whatever reason, I found myself looking up more names this year and and attaching myself to storylines and some of the And you have yeah, access to information great. on all the players. First of all, it's just Wikipedia, anyone you yeah. want, right? And your uh, readings improved a lot. It really has. Right? <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yes. Jana has helped a lot with that, yep. no doubt. Now I'm up to six letter words now. It's great. You know, anything over that, two, three syllables. <laughs> so you get into that and now you're following these players and then you're connected to these teams. So I and guess so you want to see how they're doing. I think my question would be if you're if you're that stage and and you're Okay, it's piqued my interest, but now I, you have to wait another four years for, for another World Cup to come around. What's next for casual soccer fan outside of like follow Minnesota United and follow the MLS? But what would you say? Like, what would the guidelines be here for casual soccer fan who just got hooked? Okay, and is now feeling deprived of top end well, soccer. The Premier League in England starts again in about the three greatest and a half, league in the weeks. world. Easily, most so, of the players of that World Cup, um, a hundred and two. Players from the Premier League were in the quarterfinals. Don't just, quote me just on the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals. Okay. So all the money the European leagues will start again soon. There's also South American football to get involved in. The US men's national team and the women's national team both have tournaments on a regular basis. The Gold Cup's coming up at some point. Every uh, 
filling in the gap between World Cups is the European Nations Championship, which is a fantastic tournament. Given that six out of the eight quarterfinalists at the World Cup were European teams, that gives you a, uh, an indication of the level and the quality of on a world stage European team. So when you have a Europe-only tournament, a lot of those teams that you've already become familiar with and those names will be in that. And then you throw in the Irish, the Italians and the Dutch and Scots and Welsh. Australia, unlike the Eurovision Song Contest, haven't been invited yet. Then the fun really starts. Really, that's when it starts. There's also some brand new international tournament that's filling a gap in the calendar that I'm not particularly familiar with, so I won't sort of talk it up too much. But they've in, they've invented another revenue generator somewhere okay. in the international calendar. Yeah. How much is so the U.S. men's national team and they're going with this sort of young brand? If you go to their website, even so, a couple of listeners emailed the website. They're really trying to go with this. Almost like the twins did 15 years ago. That get to know them. This mm-hmm. is the the new the new frontier for U.S. men's mm-hmm. soccer, and they have a bunch of friendly games against various top powers in the next six to 12 months. If they perform at a non embarrassing level in some of these games, they're going to play England. They're going to play, I think, France and Germany at some point. Does that even matter? Like right well, after it's, the World it's, Cup, it's good. Uh, when good do these games start to matter for for U.S. fans who are lamenting the? Oh, I think you'd have to say they all matter because they've made the decision tactically to blow it up and start again. Okay. So everything matters from here on in. If you're starting from ground zero, then everything is a building block and every game they'll learn something. I think they all matter from here on. And if you are a fan of the team, I think every game should have some degree of importance to it. And I think what they should also do is avoid countries with two names. They should only play one country at a time. Not (laughs) Trinidad and Tobago. It's too much. It's not fair. It really is. Where do you stand on... Northern Ireland. Uh, just, you know what? Make Northern Ireland go away and create Ireland, which is what we all want anyway, right? And we're back to politics. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time where John gets 60 seconds to rant about politics. <laughs> Take it any direction you want to. You show me somebody who can argue against it, and I'll be happy to debate them anytime, any day of the week. Hey, two straight wins for the Loons. We'll take it. We had climbing great up the Western fun. Conference standings. We had great fun on Wednesday night. We were in the the exclusive media lounge before the game. Mia Hamm was going around uh, answering questions and, and uh, engaging. We, Chris Wright, the CEO, came over and said hello. Of course, he's an Englishman. Uh, he was sharing, I would say, bordering, boasting about the amount of coverage Minnesota United got because of England and Gareth Southgate, the England coach, coming over here, hanging out with him, going to a Timberwolves game and wanting to learn about American sports in general. It was on the BBC, Sky Sports, Wall Street Journal, um, the London Times. So there was a lot of coverage there about Minnesota United, and he said the search on Minnesota United was phenomenal from that. So that's good news. Were people just internet searching Minnesota United? Is that what? Like you were for the World Cup. They were like, what is this Minnesota United? And who's this Chris Wright guy? And all of that really helps. And that gets us excited. And then we watch the match. And, you know, it's great fun going to these games. It was 27,000 there. You know, the average crowd is 20,000, but we figured out where the extra 7,000, they did a, uh, the Schwann's USA Cup is up in Blaine. Mm-hmm. And they brought all those kids down for the game. Uh, great fun. I'll tell you what else has been great fun. The club, I don't know whether it was a, a, a pre-planned decision, kept their powder dry for a season and a half before they decided to spend the money on a designated player. And they, they got Darwin Quintero. And good gracious, He's man, been awesome, right? He is awfully good. He like, is, is very, very it is good. A, a parent to the untrained eye could look, who's that guy? Every time he's the ball, he, he does something with it that just makes him head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, That is one thing, just watching 
various World Cup games where I don't know any of the players. All right, it's France against uh, whoever. And I feel like within about five or ten minutes, just like you should be able to watching NBA or Man. NFL games, I'm now able to say, whoa, okay, that midfielder is different. Yeah. Or, okay, yeah. that, that forward, that's a different level of speed, uh, different level of skill, for yep, sure. Absolutely, yeah. and that's what Quintero does to Minnesota United. We suspect, not officially, but we suspect they're still keeping a little bit of powder dry for the new stadium, and then they're going to unleash the fury and you're really going to see that second coming. Well, they do have a second designated player now, Angelo Rodriguez, who is a fellow Colombian. And if he's has is as good and has the impact impact Quintero's had, they'll be And flying. it's also going to be great fun to see Wayne Rooney coming to Minnesota mm-hmm. and Ibrahimovic whenever he, you know. What are they paying Wayne Rooney? Do we know? It's not uh, David Beckham money, is it? No, no. No, nah, but it's... Because David Beckham he, made like $50 million. He doesn't it? have the David Beckham looks... And Spice Girl wife <laughs> and <laughs> charm and uh, temperament. Jeez, uh, you're selling him up big here. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a great footballer. Uh, Wayne Rooney looks like if David Beckham and a catcher's glove were to have a relationship. <laughs> yes. and, like, out comes this new soccer But, you know, he's, 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 he hasn't come over here quite at the tail end of his career. He's still got a good two or three years left. So I'd be interested to see how it's going. He says he's enjoying it so far. And it's only five-hour flight home from D.C. That's not too bad. Does he fly back after every game? I'm not sure, but uh, I read somewhere else. He drives. Some of the... Uh, <laughs> Some of the other players that have come over from Europe, they're, they struggle with the distance of away games here. You know, you have an mm. away game in Portland. I mean, that's it's that's a that's a flight. Whereas, you know, in the UK, uh, if you're playing in the Premier League, the furthest you have to go is a couple yeah. hundred miles. Although, didn't uh, how many time zones did the World Cup span? Eleven. In Russia? Eleven. Eleven. Right? Eleven. That's yeah. Aggressive. So when Russia was playing in the quarterfinals against Croatia, for some people in Russia, the game was kicking off at five thirty in the morning. That's amazing. Hmm. It is. But we already know this because we're part of that. Another political comment. We're going to do what we're going to do. If you'd like to sit in for GL today, you're You know, like those those pesky kids on Scooby-Doo, we're going to start meddling with the Russian Football Federation. (laughs) Those meddling kids. Would have got away with it, too. They would have. So tonight, and tell the audience tonight, 7 o'clock, Brits... No Crafty cover robes. charge. Uh, if security doesn't let you in, it's probably nothing personal because we, you know, we'll probably be at capacity at 6.58. But you're more than welcome to come down. Brits is a great spot. Summit Beer at 4.50. Adrian Heath live. We're, we have a great show planned. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's not going to be your bog standard um, interview process. You know, of course, Quinn with his 50 years experience. Can I just double check? Summit at 4.50. Is that what time we start drinking or what it's <laughs> <laughs> and, That's a little bit know, late. We're, we're, we're going have earlier than that. We 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 want uh, Adrian Heath to leave tonight with a smile on his face and and hurt stomach muscles from having a giggle because I know we will. I'm guessing and then we're going to rock out to Oasis. I'm guessing that's likely. Yeah, two hours of Wonderwall right after. All right, that's Quino and Cosgrove. We'll see you guys in a few hours. Thanks Thank for coming you, sir. in. All right, Thank Mackie you. and Judd, Johnny K in for Judd TCL Broadcast Studios. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. You gotta act excited. You got a gift. You gotta act excited. But some of you are going. On 1500 ESPN. Make plans to attend the final 3M championship being held at TPC Twin Cities July 30th through August 1st. Come out for this free Champions Tour event and watch the legends 
of golf. Plus, catch 1500 ESPN broadcasting from the tournament throughout the weekend. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. I, I, I must be the last person on the internet to have seen the worst call by an umpire in baseball history. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it no, make any sense. yeah, it totally boggles the mind. Like <laughs> both, both, not just one of them, but both of them just totally checked out. Dave, have you seen the worst call in baseball history by an umpire? The Mexican League? Yes. Yeah. It's not a good call. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this for a radio audience because it's, it's a 50-second clip and it's on 1500ESPN.com. I, uh, Reavers posted this. I, I think you can find it on our Twitter account, whatever. Just find it. It's, it's all over the internet today. You'll find it easily. So the batter is at the plate. You got an umpire behind home plate and an umpire down the first baseline. Pitcher winds up. Throws a breaking ball or some sort of a some sort of a pitch that twitches a little bit. Full swing and miss by the hitter, like a full swing. Now he start. It was an off speed pitch, so he kind of started his swing yeah. and like it was a, it was a half hearted swing. Yeah, but yeah. he swung. The bat but, goes all the way around. Yeah. Full follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he. It was obvious that he he starts his swing, he realizes fooled. he's out in front, and then yeah. like but like finishes the swing as it's all the way behind him. Umpire from behind home plate steps out and appeals to first base, and you're like, "Whoa, what? Wait yeah. a second. Oh, home plate umpire, maybe he wasn't paying attention." First base umpire gives the safe no swing call. <laughs> so the only explanation is that both umpires missed the fact that the batter at home plate swung the bat. Yeah, and you can see like the manager comes out and it's totally dumbfounded. Like he's. What do you mean? Like he, I don't he, get it. it's like he doesn't even know how to argue the call because it's just so epically bad. It's you almost tremendous. can't be mad. No, if you're the other team no, and you're the like, other manager, like wait, 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 what? Yeah, I'm so happy to be a part of this, but what? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> can you can appeal you, to one of the other umpires? Like, okay, guy by second base. Did was that a full swing? It had thank to goodness it wasn't swing. Kenny Powers on the mound. Or else <laughs> right. <that> hell to <laughs> exactly. La Flama Blanca. Dave, what's the like? Have you ever gotten into a heated argument in your high school baseball managerial career? Like, what's the most uh, you've ever gone in on an umpire? Most, uh, probably several years ago. Um, it was the winning run across the plate for the other team. He was tagged out at the plate. What is a walk off win? It was the bottom of the eighth. It was extra innings. It was the eighth or ninth, whatever it was. And, you know, there was a relay play from right field on a single with a runner on second. He came around. My catcher got the relay, tagged him out. Umpire called him out. And then the other coach came out to complain that he didn't give him an, a lane to the plate, you know, blah, 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 didn't give him a room to slide. And then the umpire changed his call. Oh, wow. Of which I flipped out at that because, A, you made the call. It's not like we could go to replay. And in my estimation, the ball beat the runner by three steps. So yeah. the catcher can be wherever the hell he wants to be. And I flipped out on that and, you know, said, Did you I throw want... your hat and like, I don't think I throw anything, but, uh, you know, you know, I want to get home for dinner too, but that's not the right way to do Did it. You go blah, 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 on blah. it. A few of those. I didn't get tossed, but that's probably the closest I've mm. ever come. All right. You guys, you ever gotten tossed in like a high school? You played high school sports. Yeah, uh, no. And I was a hothead when I was a kid I playing in middle school and stuff like that. I used but, to throw my helmet when I was um, Really got into it with uh, another guy who ended up, ended up being one of my best buddies uh, in like a seventh grade game. Like we were just, <laughs> just Effenheimer and everybody up and down the court and all this stuff. <laughs> And, and but yeah, I, I never got thrown out, thankfully. But I probably deserved to be once or twice. I got tossed one time in a high school baseball oh, game. No, the umpire—I can't remember the exact details. I just know that the umpire was mad at our dugout for chirping. 
he was he was it was like some bad ball and strike calls or something. And our our dugout was chirping, and he gave our dugout a warning. And then the next batter, I was in the on deck circle. The next batter got rung up on a pitch that was like at his chin and just kind of bit his tongue and walked back to the dust. So the umpire we thought had a vendetta. I saw three fastballs, I'm not kidding, all at my neck. And he went one. It was, I looked at all three of them, strike one, strike two, strike three. I didn't even swing the bat. He was just looking to strike us out. The yep. umpire was. Yep. And I just turned to him and I said, you got to be Effenheimer kidding me, right? <laughs> and he heard the Effenheimer and I sat and watched the rest of the game from the, bu- the team bus. <laughs> um show, baby. <laughs> Johnny, thanks for coming in, dude. Theathletic.com where you can find and subscribe to his stuff. Uh, Judd and I back next week sometime.